This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. August is Black Philanthropy Month, and the Black Future Co-op Fund is organizing events throughout the month to uh, hold virtual panel discussions to highlight and elevate the significance of black leadership in philanthropy. With me to talk about this issue is Maria Kobe wolf of the Washington Women's Foundation and Tawana Nobles of the Black Future Co-op Fund. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Uh, Tawana, let's start with you because you are one of the architects and founders of the Black Future Co-op Fund. Uh, can you talk about Black Philanthropy Month and why you all have chosen to elevate this month and the notion of Black philanthropy uh, and what it means to our community? Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having us on this morning. Um, Black Philanthropy Month was actually started in 2011 by Dr. Jackie Hislin and um, in partnership with the Pan-African Women's Philanthropy Network. And so what we know about Black Philanthropy Month and its um, history is that it's a month-long um, celebration that focuses on illuminating um, transformative um, black generosity and also um, making sure that folks understand the importance of giving to black-led community or sorry, black community, black-led solutions, black-led organizations. And so here in Washington State, when we launched Black Future Co-op Fund and when we learned more about Black Philanthropy Month, we decided to also start celebrating Washington's um, Black Philanthropy Month. And so for the past three years now, we have been celebrating Black Philanthropy Month, and it's been really great to also do this in partnership with so many local organizations. Right. Uh, and Maria, let's bring you to the conversation as well. Can you talk a little about the recent wave of Black leadership and uh, philanthropic lo- organizations here locally uh, and the message and impact that you feel this sends? Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's actually been kind of a joy to be part of what has been a wave of black leadership that has come into the Seattle area in charge of mostly white-led or institutions, but all philanthropically oriented and really starting to turn the attention and the dollars of philanthropy from these institutions into the black community and to really put our community into, uh, into that, that highlight that it, for so many years it has not had. So it's been, uh, it's been the last couple of years, and I think in large part because a lot of those institutions saw that they had been neglecting and under-resourcing the black community for so very long, of course, as we all know. Right. And, um, Maria, what about the discussions and calls to action that should t- take place in our community to make sure that we don't get overlooked um, any longer uh, by philanthropic organizations uh, and 
that they really provide, you know, resources to our community in areas that are determined by us. Yeah, I think the, the, the need for us to be able to direct those dollars to where we know that they need to go is so critical. And that's, that's one of the reasons why it excites me to see these um, black men and women in charge of organizations like United Way, like Arts Fund, like, uh, like Washington Women's Foundation, like Progress Alliance. Like, these are all organizations that now have black folk at the helm saying, this is the conversation we need to be having, not the one that you were necessarily having before. You know, at, at my own organization, we've, uh, we have a cohort of black women who are directing funds for black women to black women. Uh, there's going to be announcements in uh, a month or so about a really exciting fund that will be just for black women and nonprofit leadership. And that is being directed only by other black women. And it's so exciting to know that we're being given some of those reins of those dollars, but also demanding them and saying, no, this is how we need those dollars to be spent, not the way that you have presumed uh, for so many years. So we have to speak up, right? We have to say yes and no uh, to the dollars that we needed and the dollars that we have. Right. And, and Tawana, uh, you all have two events planned for uh, this month, I believe, on uh, two consecutive Tuesdays, the 23rd and the 30th. Uh, can you talk about the events um, and how people can uh, participate? Yes, thank you, Chris. We have two virtual panel conversations happening this month to celebrate Black Philanthropy Month. The first is on Tuesday, August 23rd, with the theme of the fierce urgency of Black leadership and philanthropy. We want to make sure that we continue the conversation about the need and necessity of Black leadership, and we also want to tell a true Black narrative that Black people have always been philanthropic. We have a rich history of investing in our time, our talent, and our treasure to make sure that we care for our communities. And then the second panel conversation is the fierce urgency of investing in Black communities on Tuesday, August 30th. Both of these conversations are at 12 noon. The second conversation will focus on the fact that there are $1.2 trillion warehouse across this country. And we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to get these dollars invested in the black community. And so we want to have a conversation that focuses on moving towards shared abundance because there are enough resources for us all to win, for us all to see investments in every single black-led organization or organization that is um, focused on um, black communities or black-led solutions. So we want to move beyond words, the action and make sure that these resources are in the black community and folks can engage in both of these conversations they're virtual and so if they go to our website blackfuturelaw.org they can register for these panels they can add the panels to the calendar it's very convenient we also have other toolkits to help us raise up awareness um, of black philanthropy month on our website at blackfuturelaw.org and i hope folks will tune in and listen to these very important conversations Right. And Tawana, uh, you know, the Black Future Co-op Fund has been very busy, uh, and you all have added staff, including yourself as the inaugural CEO. Uh, can you talk about where you, you all are now with the fund and how the addition of staff will allow you guys to increase the work that you are doing here uh, across the state? Yes. And again, thank you for giving us this platform to talk about this work, Chris. I do want to 
congratulate and welcome our entire team because everyone is now on board. And so I'm so grateful to have two directors, Shona and Steven, and our administrative associate, Lanessa. We are a team of four now, which is tremendous considering we just launched years ago and we are um, staffed up and ready to do the work. We've also raised $14.5 million and have already seeded $2.7 million in the community. We have provided grant funds to 60 Black-led organizations all across Washington State. This is a statewide fund, and now that we have um, a full team, we can continue to work to reach that initial goal of $25 million, but also the goal of $246 million for every year of institutional slavery in this country. But we want to be good ancestors. We want this fund to sustain, to outlive us, and to do incredible work for all the generations that will come after us. And again, we welcome folks to engage in this work, to visit blackfuturelaw.org, to learn more about what we're doing, to become a funder or donor, to attend any of our events, or to join our newsletter just to stay in touch. But the real work starts now, now that we have a full team, and I'm so excited and just want to thank all of our supporters, our funders, our sponsors, our inaugural donors who believe in us for the very first time. Last night, we had our um, two-year anniversary reception and partnership with the WOW Gallery, and it was just amazing to celebrate all that we have achieved in two years, but all that we still have to do to ensure a prosperous future for Black Washingtonians. So join us in this work. It's about our community, our power, and our prosperity, and we cannot do it without everyone across Washington State. Right. And Maria, you know, can you talk about, you know, the importance or the significance of, you know, having an organization like the Black Future Co-op Fund um, that is um, helping to um, organize and, and get collaboration uh, between so many uh, nonprofit organizations, both large and small across the state, uh, and, you know, tying those connections to the uh, broader philanthropic community here in the state. Yeah, well, I just have to say that the, the Black Future Co-op Fund has been such an inspiration and such a guiding light for so many of us in the in the philanthropic uh, realm and in nonprofits. The, it's, a, it's a true celebration of joy, right, that we can come together ourselves and raise these dollars and then invest them the way that we want them to be invested and to show others that it's A, possible, and and B, that maybe they have been missing out on amazing opportunities to really make change happen in Washington State by overlooking a lot of these nonprofit organizations. I know um, my own organization for many years did exactly that and overlooked a lot of these or these amazing nonprofits that were run and led by black people. And it was really the Black Co-op Fund that said, hey, excuse me, are you paying attention? Take a look. And it opened a lot of eyes that had not been opened. And so they have really led the way. And it's a real honor to even, <laughs> to even be on the phone call with Lina. It's really um, a very special fund that I feel proud about, even though um, I don't work there. <laughs> And that's very proud that it is. Right. And, Tawana, before I, uh, we conclude the, com- the conversation this morning, I'm going to ask you once again to give out the details for the, the two events that you guys have coming up, the, uh, the dates and times, and then how people can access the virtual events. Thank you, Chris. And, Maria, thank you so much for joining early this morning and um, just being so supportive of the work. We're so happy to be in partnership with you. 
Um, everyone, you're invited to join our two virtual panel conversations to celebrate Black Women Month. The dates are Tuesday, August 23rd, and Tuesday, August 30th. The panels are at 12 p.m., and they're virtual. They're online. Head to blackfuturewall.org to register as free events, but tune in so you can receive this incredible information to help you lift up the importance of black philanthropy and the importance of investing in the black community. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us on today's show um, and just want to thank you on behalf of so many people who you guys are impacting, who uh, you guys probably don't know and they don't know um, you guys, but nonetheless, the work that you guys are doing, you're impacting so many people in so many ways, and just want to thank you for uh, putting forth those efforts to create some um, positive change and positive solutions uh, and resources into our community. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity, Chris. Have a great day.